1: Hi there, this is the penultimate episode of five letters I wrote to my mum, who died in 1992, and I woke up in the middle of the night and thought about her and grieved, so I got up and put some things down on paper. As it turns out, these things were kind of travel writing. The previous episodes were about Mount Maunganui and Te and today's one is more kind of compact. The great satirist Peter Cook once approached the BBC with a proposal for a travel series. He'd walk from his home to the newsagent on the corner for cigarettes in the papers, and then he'd go home again. I'd have watched it. Dear Mum, you and I have a lot in common, not least our shared uselessness, e.g. neither of us ever knew how to drive. I tried it, I wasn't any good at it, and I packed it in because I was a danger to myself and others, and it was all just too much effort, the left foot on something or other, the right foot having to coordinate with the hands on the wheel and the eyes on the road and the perceptions of space and time. It was an impossible physics, an exam, and there were spectacular failures, viz the time I drove a Volkswagen off the road and into the sea at Caraca Bay in Wellington. It sat on the shingle like an old round boat. I sat on the shingle like a chump until a tow truck arrived on the scene. I wished it had dragged me away. The Picton Ferry shuffled past and hooted with derision. It was eerily reminiscent of my first lesson when I drove a Land Rover off the road and into the snow. Dad's Land Rover, in the snow of Lake Tekapo. He wasn't best pleased. I sat in the snow like a chump until he dug it out with a shovel. North Island, South Island, it didn't make any difference. I was a road menace. Did you ever drive? Did you ever have a lesson? I can't imagine you driving any more than I can imagine myself. We were stuck, weren't we, after Dad left home? The driver left home. The chauffeur. And so we sat at home and walked and took the bus... I remember the sitting at home most vividly. You in an armchair, looking out towards the windows in the sitting room, looking past the pretty white lace curtains. What were you looking for? Were you waiting for something? There are lines from a poem by Robert Lowell about this kind of thing. He writes about his mother looking out from the windows, as if she had stayed on a train one stop past her destination. These letters to you have been road songs of a sort, writing about the Piako Plains, for instance, that low, flat table in the Waikato where you were born. Today's road song is less expansive. The road song you and I sung was the one we travelled, on foot, the street where we lived in Mount Monganui, Valley Road. That was our universe. That was what we knew, us two non-drivers, walking the length of it sometimes, turning right from the house to go to the shops downtown, or left just for exercise or something to do. Valley Road, long and direct, and not, as far as I could tell, a valley. It was flat on both sides. The street around the corner, another which you and I knew so well in our long career as pedestrians, was called Ranch Road, and there wasn't anything about it that was a ranch. Some romantic notion of the Wild West had taken over the naming of roads in Mount Maunganui. Valley Road, the big valley where cattle did roam. Ranch Road, El Rancho, where they slung hash or something. In fact, they were tidy and suburban. The lawns were mowed. There was a wattle tree on Ranch Road which drops its seeds on the pavement. They smelled so strange and pungent when crushed underfoot. It was near your sister's house. Everyone loved Winky, and part of it was surely the pleasure of saying her name. She grew up as Winky Wright, married and became Winky Woodcraft, the W swooping about her like butterflies. It was handy that she lived around the corner. You could walk there. You could walk there and then up to the shops and back, turning into Valley Road and home, to sit and stare past the lace curtains." I did more of my sitting and staring at school. There were classrooms at Matmunganui College which faced the Kaimai Ranges. I'd look towards them, a dark, vague shape in the distance, and constantly wondered what was on the other side. Because I didn't know. Because I never went anywhere. We didn't have a car, and more to the point, we didn't have a driver. And I'd stare at these ranges and plotted my escape, daydreamed of crossing these Alps because the one thing I knew was that life began on the other side. Life beyond the flat town with its sandy pavements and scented wattle seeds. I had to bust out. The only option, I figured, was to bus out. Now and then I'd make it as far as Tauranga on the bus. It toured the entire length of Valley Road and I thought that was kind of exhilarating. It took hours to walk, maybe two hours, and the bus wheezed and sneezed along it in the flick of an eyelid. That is, it probably took about 20 minutes. Such speed! The older I got, 16, 17, 18, the more aware I became that I was the only passenger on the bus under the age of 60. Another reason to escape. I did leave town in the end and it was on the bus, to distant, exciting Wellington, 12 hours by road, the Newman's bus tearing along the whole of the North Island, the whole of the world in front of my astonished eyes, the amazing civilisations, Tokaroa, Mangaweka, Foxton, and then, finally, the most glittering and magical, Wellington, where I could not even guess that one day I would sit like a chump on a shingled beach beside a capsized Volkswagen. And you, left at home... Your youngest child, packed up and gone. Mrs. Brawnius of Valley Road, walking along Valley Road and Ranch Road, making your way as best you could through the Wild West. I love you, Mum, and we'll write again tomorrow.